Brad Jasper is an American developer with a track record of creating interesting projects. Everything from an app to turn videos into podcasts to a website to help remote workers. Now he's focusing on Bitcoin SV, and his latest project is BitSV, a platform for creators, whether they're coaches, journalists, artists, or traders, allowing them to offer premium content monetized with Bitcoin SV. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So, Brad, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Now, let's talk about your latest project, which is BitSV. Just for those who haven't seen it, just uh, tell me what that is. So BitSV is a platform for creators to earn money from their interest. The big idea is that it's actually pretty difficult to do this on the internet today. Most creators make money from advertising. Uh, With advertising, you need relatively large audiences. And that's actually pretty difficult to grow for for most creators. So the the kind of niche content that a lot of people are interested in, the long tail of content where a lot of the stuff kind of bubbles up into the mainstream, it's really difficult to make a living doing that kind of thing. And so you don't get a lot of it. You don't get as much of it as you otherwise would. So BitSV is really a platform to incentivize the kind of, you know, interesting, weird, fun, cool content that we all really want. But it's, it's difficult to, to make the time for. With your project and others that are available on or being developed for Bitcoin SV, my question is always, it's easy to see what's in it for the people who are creating and that there's yep. some money there. Yep. But how are you going to get people to pay for stuff which they think they should have for free, i.e. not really free, but advertising supported on the internet? Yeah, it's a really, really important question. Um, The way that I've been thinking about it is the content just has to be better. It has to be better than anything you can get anywhere online for free. And um, there's going to be pockets that I think are going to be better than others. So I'm thinking, eventually I want to do all kinds of content. In the early days, it's more difficult, I think, to make money from like entertainment and art. Um, because it doesn't really solve a big pain point in people's lives, and that tends to be what they're willing to pay for. So in the early days, I um, mean, you know, it's kind of like painkillers over vitamins. It's it's something that really is 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 solving a need in people's lives. And it's not always about being the best writer. It's about kind of taking them solutions and, and thinking about how to, how to improve their life. And, and so I think people are willing to pay for that, especially with, you know, the abundance of information. You have to spend your time to start going through this stuff. And it takes a lot of time to sort. So um, there's a few different ways that I think people can, can kind of justify these costs, making it a lot easier to digest. You don't have to spend as much time, um, you know, putting it in people's language. So if you're, you know, a yoga teacher, not just doing yoga but yoga for programmers who spend 10 hours a day at the computer like right. putting things in people's language adds value for them and um, people I think are willing to pay for that are you going to approach content producers or will you just hope that they will find this platform I'm approaching a handful of creators I've onboarded you know a few dozen creators to the site already we've been kind of doing alpha testing uh, we're now starting to roll it out into a wider kind of beta where we're introducing more people um, I'm also though just of the mind that we just might have to show people rather than kind of telling them right once they see other people doing this and the kinds of content that you can create and the fact that people are buying it and that, that means that you as a creator can now go and do even more interesting stuff bigger you know stuff like that it um, I think it's going to be a challenge, but I think it, it, there's a big opportunity to, to solve this for, for creators. If I buy something mm-hmm. on the platform, do I then have access to, to it permanently? Yes. And, and so I would always need to uh, 
go to the platform and log in as myself, and then it'll know what I should be able to see for free. Yeah, so there is a way to log into the platform, but a pretty big feature of the platform is actually you don't have to be signed up or logged in to use it. And so the way that we would do that is just through capturing emails, and then once you enter your email, you'll always be able to gain access to that content. Um, so kind of similar, but the idea is to make it really so that you don't have this huge hurdle to jump over. You're just finding content that you like, you engage with it, and then there's, there's easy ways to save it. And will there be a chance to sample things for free before you buy? Absolutely. So with the the paywalls that we've built, there's ways to put information before. And so you can do as long, you can do like a 90% free post and then just the end, maybe a forward thinking statement or, you know, some kind of like really valuable thing. Um, You can make 100% of it paid. It's really up to the creators. We're giving them tools to be able to experiment. And so um, just like any market, you're going to have different, you know, different activities in different places. And so uh, we expect that most posts will have some kind of preview just to kind of give people some, you know, context of what's there. But there there might also just be kind of like a longer term play here, which is, um, you know, people aren't as willing to give you money when they don't know you, whereas if you built a relationship with them, then they are. And so maybe some of the posts will start out free. That kind of attracts the initial users and then it converts into some of the other paid posts. And what about the sort of community aspect of it? Will you have comments and reputations and so on? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, Absolutely, we already have comments um, and reputation is something that is a little tricky because I've built BitSV as an open network. And what that means is that you're gonna be able to take your data and leave to a competitor. And that, you know, we talk about owning your data. I think that's really what owning your data means is being able to use your data in, in really meaningful ways. And so these open networks can get tricky with, um, in terms of reputation, right? Because Facebook gets to control who joins their network. And they say, you know, anybody that, you know, if you're signing up with bots or spam accounts, they're able to like detect that and kick those out of the network. And you're now trying to do this in a much more open way. And so there's a lot more ways to attack it. Um, but Bitcoin actually provides some really interesting solutions to this where you can maybe build things based on proof of work um, to basically filter out some of the signal from noise of uh, you know anonymous people or pseudonymous people that you don't necessarily have a reputation system for, but you can still start to find some value in, in what they're talking about. Now, you're not the only person thinking about this area yep. with Bitcoin, there's streamanity already. Yep. Um, do you think, do you see it as a competition between people to grab the opportunities and then one of them will get, get big or will we end up with a whole range of different choices there? Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's very much, I think, a co-opetition, which is, um, you know, I'm not really interested in, in kind of moving the direction that streamanity is. We're very focused on kind of our own thing. Um, and they they do a great job for creators. You know, people are able to make good money uploading videos to streamanity. And that's that's similar to our mission, but we're, we're you know, taking approaching it from a very different way. So, yeah, I, I think um, there's my goal is that with the open network that. You know, I want to be the most successful one and then open the network to other people that like to join. So you don't just have one Facebook, one Twitter. You have 100 people competing on the Facebook pro, uh, you know, protocol. And uh, that's one of the things that Bitcoin allows that really hasn't been possible before. So, um, But I don't think you can just you know, say it. You have to actually build it and then people will come and then you can, I think, start to open it up and get some of that more you know, c- competition but cooperation. So. Now, you've already got a history in Bitcoin SV apps, which Mm -hmm. is amazing because 
uh, your previous one was uh, Open Directory. Yep. Um, open Directory is still going. Yep. Uh, why did you decide to sort of concentrate on a new one rather yeah. than pursue that and develop it? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And so basically, I, I built Open Directory as an experiment. You just, know? just for those who haven't seen it, just give us a brief outline yeah, so, of Open Directory. Uh, open Directory, the big idea is just to put Reddit on the blockchain. That was really the big idea, is that you can start in, you know, if upvotes are microtransactions. Uh, when people, a lot of people upvote your content, you can make pretty good money. So if you, if you go viral on Reddit today, you make no money you go viral on Open Directory, you can make good money. And I realized that immediately after building it, I realized some big things that completely changed my focus, which is at scale, it doesn't just replace Reddit. It replaces Patreon too. And this was like a big aha moment because I realized that the rules of the internet are changing. We don't just have to build old services and put them on the blockchain. I realized there's like new elements on the periodic table of like product development and business and the ability to think in a, like a Bitcoin native way. So we're not taking the baggage from the old world. We're actually trying to build entirely new services that are true to what Bitcoin can allow. Uh, I saw that as a huge opportunity. And the infrastructure that I had built with Open Directory wasn't going to allow me to get there. The the open network that I've been talking about, um, it requires a certain infrastructure. And it's, it's very difficult to build it on some of the tools and services that are out there today. So... Um, that was really the, the shift is I, I realized that, you know, I've been a content, you know, I've been a creator for the last 10 years. I've been trying seriously for the last five years. I've been lucky enough that I've been able to do it. And it's really difficult. And but it's it's one of the most viable things I've been able to do. And so I realized that there's an opportunity to do this, I think, at a very large scale and do it on Bitcoin and do it in a way that gives creators way more leverage than they've ever known. And so to me, it was, uh, you know, I love the open directory concept and I'm really, you know, I, I still, you know, would like to see it worked on, but this was a, a much bigger calling to me. This, this felt like a mission that I wanted to pursue. I mean, it's interesting. It reminds me of, I was reading about the uh, uh, evolution of Blogger and yep. um, the idea that that is a medium that is uh, sort of native to the internet yeah. as opposed to the websites that went before where you just put something online that yeah. you would have had on a on a piece of paper before mm-hmm. and i think people are you know fumbling towards well i, I don't mean to be rude but i mean they're, they're trying to discover <laughs> sure. the equivalent yeah. uh, for Absolutely. the bitcoin economy which is going to be a mixture of online content and an economy sort of attached to it through mm-hmm. Bitcoin, I guess. Do you feel like you've got the answer to that yet, or are we still on that journey? I'd like to say yes, but the reality is um, you're always searching for product market fit in larger and larger scales. And so it's very early. We're very encouraged by what people are using. You know, people are making good money on the platform. Um, on Open Directory? On, on, on BitSV. On, on, oh, really? on, the, on the project, yeah. So some yeah. of the early creators, it, even with a relatively small audience, people are, are making pretty good money. Open Directory has a number of directories that have kind of broken out and they've, mm. they've done really well. Uh, BSVapps.net is a really cool um, website that basically points to an Open Directory. And so it's the best BSV apps and, and it becomes a really interesting kind of resource. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of like an evolutionary process, right? Which is it's hard to think too far out. You kind of just have to take a step at a time and have these long-term goals, but be very flexible in how you're going to get there. So um, I think this could look very different than it looks today. Uh, and for you as a, a platform curator, mm-hmm. 
what's the business model looking like? Are you encouraged by that side of things? Yeah, so on BitSV, we take a 10% cut from, from the paywalls. Um, and there's going to be some other services on the site that we'll, we'll take a similar cut for. Um, I'd also just like to be a creator on BitSV, right? To, to kind of be creator zero and show people how it's done and make an independent living from it myself. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's a lot of really uh, interesting opportunities for creators that um, I'm excited to just kind of burst open the doors and let people start playing with it and, and see what they do. I suppose the limiting factor really at the moment is the small, relatively small number of people who are just involved in Bitcoin SV at all. Yeah. And you've got a, probably a fairly decent proportion of that population, mm-hmm. but that population needs to be 10 or 100 times as big absolutely. for the thing to really take off, I guess. Yeah, so absolutely. We, we uh, There's kind of two sides to that. One is uh, we'd like to be able to help creators make a living from a relatively small audience. So we do think we can test out the idea in the BSV ecosystem and we can understand whether it's working or not. That being said, 100%. We have a huge onboarding challenge where we have to onboard the world. And most people don't have BSV wallets. Most people don't have BSV. Most people don't have any of those things. And so this is a real challenge. Uh, A lot of the big breakouts in the space are having this challenge of how do you get people onboarded to the platform? And there's a lot of really kind of creative, interesting ideas. But uh, yeah, it's a a big challenge, uh, but also, you know, a big opportunity. If somebody hears about BitSV and they have a look at it, mm-hmm. but they're not involved in Bitcoin at all up yep. to this point. Do you have any way that sort of funnels them towards a way of getting on board with Bitcoin? Yeah, there's plans to do more for sure as well. Uh, one really cool thing is uh, Relay, RelayX, the wallet. They have uh, financial rails. So basically you on BitSV using Relay Wallet, you can pay in BTC, you can pay in Litecoin, you can pay in Ethereum, you can pay in Venmo, you can pay in Cash App, uh, and it all just works. And so that's that's all them. That's them doing the hard work of onboarding these different financial networks mm. onto the you know the same onto BSV, taking some financial risk there and, and making it all a good experience. Uh, so that's that's great. I think there's going to be more things like that. Um, you know, BitSV is going to be able to accept credit cards one day. It makes sense for certain things over a certain price point. Maybe not microtransactions, but um, that's a big part of the way I've been thinking about BitSV in general, which is you kind of start with these, you know, it's called Bit for a reason, which is you start with these small pieces and these are supposed to evolve into a much bigger project. And as they evolve, the price can go up and then you can start charging for these things in in more traditional ways. So you're not going to be purist in drawing a a circle around and saying, if it's not BSV, it's not for us. We're building on BSV and we feel like that's that's the purism, right? Um, we're converting everything to BSV. And so we can't build this on any other platform. Right. It comes out as BSV, Absolutely. but it can come in as... It, it'd be like saying you only accept American Express or only accept right. Visa. We want, to, we want to make creators as much money as possible. We have to accept lots of different payment forms. And um, again, we're not interested in natively accepting Ethereum or letting you cash out on that. We're going to convert everything to BSV. The only thing we might do is like um, local fiat, like local stable coins, right? So if you you don't want to hold your money in in Bitcoin, you can hold it in your local um, currency, but it's tokenized on BSV. And so everything, all roads lead back to BSV. Which is great for the BSV community as a whole. Absolutely. So we were both uh, recently in Lisbon at the second Cambrian SV boot camp. And the idea there was 
that the different developers with their different projects were going to integrate with each other. Mm-hmm. How well do you think that idea is working and how different is that from the internet economy? I think it's working really well. Uh, before I went to Cambrian, I was a little nervous in the sense that I don't hear a ton of people talking about like app interoperability and kind of the, the you know these integrations that we're talking about. But at Cambrian, I learned about two new projects and I talked to a ton of people that are really interested in making this happen. So I left feeling you know really positive about the state of of apps working together. Um, I think this is just completely different than the internet. You know, it's, um, I released a blog post earlier today about how Bitcoin changes software. And this is uh, really about what it does to the network effects of software, where everybody wants to be on the network that everybody else is on. And traditionally, you could do that with a closed garden. So you'd get these unicorns that raise billions of dollars, and then they capture the network, and then they extract value from the network for 20 years. Craigslist, Facebook, Twitter, this is the, the main model that consumer internet companies anyway follow. And Bitcoin just flips that all upside down. You can't do that anymore. And because you can't do that anymore, it forces you into a more cooperative environment. Because if you're not, then you're going to lose. What's interesting about that is from a sort of idealistic point of view, what's rather nice about it is that you and Jack Liu from Relay need to know each other and Mm -hmm. trust each other and Mm -hmm. The more that it's a human relationship, probably, mm-hmm. I guess this interoperability will pr- be promoted, really. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's kind of two ways I've been thinking about it. One is, you know, going to Cambrian, meeting all people, coming here, meeting a bunch of people, talking about deals and stuff like that. we're at the uh, London CoinGeek conference right, right, today, right. yeah. Um, so that, I think it makes a lot of sense. There's also, I think, just another reality to it, which is if you're getting traction in the marketplace, people will want to follow you. And so I think it's a balance of, of getting, you know, we want to like, we could decide by committee or committee, but that doesn't mean that that's what the market's going to choose. And so I think we have a very pretty healthy attitude here in BSV. We have lots of ideas and we want to collaborate and want to, you know, experiment. But really at the end of the day, customers are going to decide, businesses are going to decide, you know, the market is going to decide. And so that's one of the reasons that I think we're keeping our experiments relatively short is because you just need to be able to, uh, experiment and learn, and then be able to fix what didn't work, and then you know take it on to the new. But I do thing. think the incentive system is completely different because I'm re- I'm reminded of when new versions of Windows came along. A lot of independent app developers complained mm-hmm. that it had been changed in a way that made their apps less uh, easy to open, and that really Microsoft was working against them. Mm-hmm. In this ecosystem. That's not in anybody's interests, is it? That, what you just said, completely resonates with me. I was a Mac developer before I got into BSV and been a long-time Mac user, really loved building productivity and creativity software. And for the last few years, Apple's really just focused on iOS and the iPad, and they've locked down the Mac to be closer to those. And it really makes my my work difficult. It's really hard to plan long-term when you don't know what's going to happen. So uh, I think the state, you know, besides Bitcoin itself, I think the stable protocol is the most underrated feature that people just don't understand today. And I think we're seeing it, things that happen with Bitcoin Cash, where they start collecting taxes and, um, you know, it, uh, blockchains that are decentralized, but keep changing. It's like, who's changing them? It's a centralized team that's changing them. And this is a very difficult thing because people say software is never finished. And that's true. But with these low level protocols, they have to freeze they have to freeze over time. 
And uh, and BSV is really the only blockchain thinking about this. And so it, it's very surprising to me actually that other people aren't picking up on this, but I think they will. You know, if you in the past I've also built on Google. Google changes their rules, and you lose a huge amount of your business overnight. That's not a stable foundation to do anything interesting. And so um, Bitcoin changes a lot of that. Yeah, that's great. Now you've been in this business for a long time, and I looked up that uh, you also have a very nice app called Pitch Perfect Piano. I do. That's an odd one. Yeah, <laughs> um, which I'm looking forward to. To trying because I would like to be able to play music by ear. But just mm. for those who haven't seen it, tell us about that. I've been an independent creator for a long time. I always just have kind of random ideas that I want to throw out and try. Um, I'm a musician as well, and so I like to you know play music and stuff like that. And one what do of you the things, um, bunch of different stuff: guitar, piano. I like to like do music production and stuff like that. So really like to compose music and just like ideas together kind of similar to maybe what building apps feels like sometimes just pulling lots of different ideas together and packaging up into products um, but it was just it was supposed to be a fun way to learn to train your ear so people right. uh, you can learn to play music you know read music and you can play that way or you can hear something and then recall it and it's actually very possible to do this it's not as hard as sometimes people think right, not, yeah. not that i'm great at it yeah. but um, so yeah, the perfect pitch piano was the idea of, of making it a game. So you can learn to play the Game of Thrones uh, theme song, and it's you know it's da 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 da, and then you can da 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 da, and you kind of you know mess around. And you really and find can get it. better if you practice at that. Absolutely, because it's this is a new idea to me that if you can't play by ear, you can just learn to play by ear. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was just like a God-given talent that you either have or don't have. I think there's things like perfect pitch and being you know I like I don't have anything like that. I think some of that can maybe be learned, but I think some of that is also just raw kind of ability or talent. But yeah, I think, you know, people can learn intervals. And once you learn intervals, you start picking up patterns in music and you understand things like perfect fits and you understand how, how chords are composed. And yeah, it's it's 100% learnable by most people. Um, perfect pitch piano isn't something I work a ton on these days. And part of it was this has kind of been my evolution as a creator of learning what where's the sweet spot for me. Um, you know, as a creator, you have things kind of like as an artist of like things that you want to create that you just want to see exist in the world. There's things though that audiences are willing to pay for. And so it's really the intersection of these ideas that I think where the magic happens. And it's taken me quite a few years to learn where my own personal intersection that is, uh, things that felt true to what I wanted to do that wasn't selling out, that wasn't, you know, I could just go get a job and go make good money doing consulting. And like, why not do that if you're just doing something you don't want to do anyway? But I think there really is an intersection between the two of things that you want to do and things that people want in the world. And that's really what BitSV is trying to do. It's trying to make it so that it's a platform for creators to find their voice and find their thousand true fans so they can start spending all their time doing it. So, you know, a lot of my old projects have kind of uh, led me down this path that's kind of, you know, led to Open Directory, led to BitSV, and it's kind of just taken one step in front of the other. Right. So you have got a whole history of, yeah. <laughs> of projects. Is BitSV the big one? I mean, if we, if we, if we are talking again in 18 months or two years' time, are you going to say, well, BitSV was very good, but now I've got something <laughs> even better? <laughs> I don't think so. I, to me, this, this, uh, I've always been a little distracted in what I do. So I'm, I'm always going to have new projects and new things. 100% this is the big one. This is the one that uh, if I could work on one idea for the rest of my life, it would be this one. I really care about getting creators independent. Um, and it might not look 
like paywalls. It might not, you know, they're, they're, we could take different routes to get to the same place, but it's made such a huge impact in my life that I think the most impactful thing I can do is to work on my best idea, which is to get as many people as possible working on their best ideas. And that's just about the longest lever I think I can pull. And so, um, yeah, not that the ideas won't change and, you know, I've, I've, you know, got other projects that I'm launching and stuff like that, but, um, this is, this is the top of the mountain. This is the, this is the mission. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Brad. Yeah, thank you. Thanks thank for you. having me. My thanks to the multi-talented Brad Jasper. We look forward to seeing BitSV come to life. If you don't mind, please like or subscribe to CoinGeek Conversations on audio, video or both. Thanks for listening and please join me again next week. Till then, stay safe.